Can you hear me? Or better yet, can you hear God? It's hard to hear God sometimes. We need this giant stethoscope when talking to God, amplifying His Word directly into our ears. I can't hear you, God! Or is it that I'm not listening? That's today on the podcast. Hey, this is Marisa from the Tower Hill production team. Thanks so much for listening in to our Tower Hill podcast. Wherever or whenever you are listening, we hope this podcast blesses you and feel free to share it with someone that you know so they can feel blessed too. Someone asked me once, are you listening to understand or are you listening politely waiting for your turn to talk? We often listen with deaf ears, not only to each other, but also to God. Are we hearing God's message to understand it, or are we too busy talking? Today, Pastor Jason explores the teaching of James and how we can listen to learn, and then take that learning and put it into practice so that the message is not useless, like a screen door on a submarine. Let's check it out right now. Well, we're in our second week of our sermon series based on the book of James called A Screen Door on a Submarine. The idea is, the screen, a screen door on a submarine doesn't make any sense. It's from song lyrics from a Christian artist years ago that said, Faith without works, listening without doing, is like a song that won't sing. It's like a screen door on a submarine. And that's where we got the title of this series from. And last week, if you missed it, that's okay. I'll bring it up to speed. Basically... We were saying that discipleship is more than just head knowledge. It's more than just book smarts. You can know everything there is to know about Jesus and still miss a relationship with Jesus. I think somehow along the way, we've figured out that following Jesus means, well, I just know more information. And so I attend a Bible study. I uh, learn more things about God, and that's how I get closer with God. And my answer to that would be, well, sometimes it depends on what you do with that knowledge just like anything. There's a lot of stuff I knew once in high school, college. Man, I don't remember any of it. I remember very little. I took four years of high school Spanish. You would think, I'm like ready. I, I know how to ask where the bathroom is. Donde esta la baño? I know how to order a numero dos con queso. That's like the extent of my Spanish. All those years, just gone. And why? Because the the knowledge was never cemented in me by actually using it. And I was an A student. I don't remember anything. That's the thing about knowledge. And that's the thing about discipleship. It's really, it's not just knowledge. Knowledge is only 20%. The other 80% is on-the-job training. It's doing. It's taking what we hear and what we understand and putting it into practice. That's what makes it stick. That's what makes it work. But I think sometimes as Christians, especially Christians in America where we have it so good, is we get lulled to sleep in our faith. Where we kind of stop doing anything and we just come and church is the place we come, we get inspired and we go about the rest of our lives. And then we wonder why 
something doesn't seem to be clicking in our faith. It doesn't seem to be coming together. We don't know why. Probably because all we're doing is listening and we're not doing anything with it. That's what this series is talking about. I'll give you an example of this. If I were to ask you individually, I I think we would score like in the 99, dare I say 100%. If I came to you and I said, what is a good way to start off your day with breakfast? What What constitutes a healthy breakfast? You all would be nutritional experts. You could tell me, well, you know, you have to have the right combination of protein and, and fiber and carbs, and it might look like this, you know, you might have some oatmeal, maybe some protein, like some nuts on top of it, maybe some fresh fruit, and um, maybe some juice, I don't know, juice is high in sugar, so you would, you would give me the whole rundown of what constitutes a healthy breakfast. And then you go out for brunch. Yeah, excuse me. I would like the uh, stack of 10 pancakes, please, uh, with chocolate and caramel. Chocolate and caramel on the side, please. <laughs> it's like, we, know, we all know what is healthy, and then, but we don't always order right, right? We don't always demonstrate that we know what a healthy breakfast is. And this is true in our life of faith. We say we know it up here. Oh, we know that. Pastor, I know. I've heard that parable a million times. I know all about forgiveness. I know all about. And then we go out and demonstrate the opposite. But it's okay. We all do. So let's be encouraged by the words of James today. Knowledge alone does not produce results. Action alone does not produce results. You need knowledge and action. Here we go. James 1. Beginning in verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. I love, uh, you know, James has no problem being very direct. (laughs) Get rid of all that moral filth and just do the right thing. Listen to that word that has been planted in you. I love how that part starts off, talking about being quick to listen, slow to speak. It's that old adage, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. He wants us to listen. That listening is a critical part of living this life, of faith, of discipleship, and heck, just living life. In order to learn how to be a disciple, I need to learn two things. The first thing is, I need to be a listener, which I think translates into, if you want to get back to the idea of being a student, is I need to be teachable. What does it mean to be teachable? Well, being teachable requires a certain amount of humility. Like, I don't know everything already. I can learn from you. We're usually pretty good on that stuff that that we are totally ignorant about. We're like, yeah, I really don't know that. But on stuff that we think we know, we're not usually so good at that. Case in point, airline safety instructions. 
right? So, so you get up there, and the flight attendants get ready to go through their spiel, and you're like, oh, boy, I've heard this before. Earbuds in. Not listening. They're literally giving you information that can save you. Like, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, God forbid, the planes start going down. Oh, wait, where did they say that the, that the cushion is? It, where? And then I'm supposed to do my mask, and that, like, you need the reminder. I mean, my goodness, but, but we tune out. We tune out because I, I know this already. You know, I've heard this a million times before. I feel like there's a spiritual version of this that says, I know this already. I've heard this a million times before. And we end up not listening and not being teachable and not being very good disciples. Because we don't have the humility required. We're not willing to listen. We're not willing to say, hey... Yeah, I know a few things about this, but man, I could probably learn a lot more. We have to be teachable, quick to listen, slow to speak. Accept the word planted in us because that word can save you. And then it says slow to anger. What does anger have to, I have to find that interesting. What does anger have to do with the quick to listen, slow to speak? What, why the slow to anger? Well, I think it's because anger is directly related to listening and speaking. Because notice what happens when you get angry. When you're, say you're in a, a conversation with somebody and it gets heated. What happens? Your ears shut and your mouth opens. By the way, that's what yelling is. Yelling, when you start yelling at somebody, it's because you feel you're not being heard. So you increase the volume. And then what's the other person do? Increase the volume. Because you're obviously not hearing me. And we go on and on and it it can spiral out of control. Anger has a lot to do with listening. When we get angry, we have a tendency to Stop listening altogether. So if you're the kind of person where you're angry all the time, you're going to have a hard time being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because you're not able to listen. Anger has a lot to do with being teachable. Let's go to this next part of the scripture, verse 22. This next verse, uh, my wife, Karen, she often jokes. She says, it's a good thing I'm not giving sermons um, because they would be very short. It would be, believe in Jesus, read the Bible, do what it says. Amen. And I feel like this next piece of James is like a Karen sermon. (laughs) Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Right, so you get that image in your head? So somebody who listens to the word but doesn't do anything about it, it's like they look in the mirror. Let's say the mirror of what God wants for us, the mirror of scripture and say, you know, God is love, God is love, God is love. And they get in the car and like, you jerks, you know, like, 
That never happens when you're driving in New Jersey. Not to you, not to you. Other people, not here. They're, they have anger problems. But it's like you're, you're looking you're looking, and you immediately forget what it is that God has asked you to do because it's not cemented in your life in any way. So you might believe it. You might say, yes, Lord, that's true. But then you go away and you live your life as if you never heard it before. He said, that's like somebody who hears the word but does, doesn't do anything about it. It didn't really stick. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Remembering. Looking intently into the law and remembering. Remembering, as in when you go out and to live your life, that you're actually putting into action the things that you say you believe in. That's the trick. That's the trick to living a life of faith, not just a life of head knowledge. Sadly, I know, I know a lot of people who, um, they're very faithful, have shown great faith over the years, and then a loved one dies or some tragedy happens, and it all vanishes. And I wonder, why does that happen? I think it has to do with this idea of cementing, of, of this word of God, accepting it that's already been planted in us. There's something that has to, ha- has to happen where we really believe it. There's a, a tipping point. I think that tipping point's different for all of us. But until we reach that point, it just kind of stays up here. It never travels to our hands and feet, our heart. It never travels. It just kind of stays here. And it won't last if that's the only place where it lives, this understanding of God. It's got to translate into actions. Our learning is cemented by doing. Like forgiveness is a great concept until you have to do it. I've shared this story with you before, but I couldn't, this is the story I couldn't get out of my head when I was thinking about this sermon. It was that moment that some of you heard when I went to go visit my stepfather in prison. And uh, he was in prison for, uh, let's just say the charges against him had stacked up, including multiple DUIs that, um, you know, he nearly, he nearly cost him his life and other people's lives. Uh, and as you know, he struggled with with alcohol and drugs. He would take my mother's pain medication that she needed for multiple sclerosis and, uh, and use it to get high, and then she'd be left with no pain medication. And it was just, uh, he tore our family apart, tore it apart. And I was the oldest, still am the oldest. But I'm significantly older than my brother and sister, so it always felt like I was sort of the stand-in dad sometimes because their dad was not available. And I definitely was holding on to some anger because of him. And I remember I got this feeling when he was in jail. First of all, we all celebrated because we believe that's where he belonged. And 
I remember thinking, I've got to find a way to forgive him or it's going to tear me apart. And I remember thinking, I know that the way of Jesus Christ would be to forgive. It doesn't mean forget. It doesn't mean forgive and then, okay, let's come over for Thanksgiving. That, that's not the same thing. But I needed to forgive him, and I, I called my younger sister, and I said, I just had this feeling like I need to go to the prison and forgive him. And she says, I feel that too, let's go. But let me tell you something, sitting down with the glass between us on the phone and me saying, I forgive you, came at a cost. Came at a cost. I don't know that I would ever ever have appreciated the cost of forgiveness without having to do it. You see what I'm saying? Knowing about Jesus is helpful. Doing what Jesus asks changes our lives. You need both. Listening and doing. And by the way, he did not receive my sister and I's forgiveness very well. He actually tried to blame us for the fact that he was in jail. By that time, his mind was gone. He had overdosed so many times. Forgiveness is great until you have to do it. Listening and doing it. So the first thing I need to make sure that I am, if I'm going to be a, a disciple of Jesus, is that I'm teachable. And the second thing is I need to be able to put my learning into practice that cements it or sticks it. And really what it comes down to is we need to start getting better at taking orders from God. We don't like taking, or- we don't like taking orders. But any of you that served in the military, you know how orders work. You do them. You're ordered to do something, you do it. We need to see that the Holy Scriptures as a set of orders that we're to do. I never I saw where Jesus was teaching something about, you know, forgiveness or uh, living a life of faith. And when he's like, if you don't mind, you should love one another. If it's not too inconvenient, if it's somebody that you like. No, he actually uses the word command. This command I give to you, love one another. This new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So how do we get better at listening and doing, opening our ears and doing. I think part of the challenge is we don't always take time to listen for God's voice in our life because we're so busy talking at God with things that, you know, our troubles, our anxieties, our sufferings, our list of wants and needs or things that we have. And so we kind of don't leave any room for listening. And then we're like, well, how come I'm not hearing anything? Well, it's because if I think about it, 
All of my prayers are kind of like one way. Not that I'm expecting to hear a voice of God in my ears, but I hear it in my heart. I, I move to action to do something. I get a feeling about something, like that feeling, hey, I should go forgive him, like that kind of thing, where you get this sense and you feel like this is from God and I should go do it. So how do you do that? What I want to try to do is give you a very practical way to do that for this week. It will take you all of five minutes a day. And that is, and I suggest doing it at the beginning of the day rather than at the end so that you don't forget. Because, I don't know, maybe it's just me. But by the time I get to the end of my day, I'm like, oh yeah, I was going to spend this time in prayer. You know, I'm done. (laughs) Got nothing left. I call it a listening prayer. If you have a phone or something with a, or a watch that has a stopwatch feature that will notify you, Set an alarm or a timer, you could do a kitchen timer, for three minutes. And for three minutes, say nothing. Just listen for God. You'll be amazed at what starts to happen. First of all, you'll be amazed that three minutes can feel so long. Three minutes. And, And just ask God this, God... What do you want for me today? And just sit there. Maybe you start, your mind will wander. That's okay. Mind will wander. Maybe you get a picture of something in your head, like, oh, that's interesting. What's that about? Or maybe you'll feel something very strongly, like, I need to go forgive that person because it's eating me alive. Or, or maybe it's, Maybe you don't hear anything, but the idea is you start to get into the practice of listening before you speak. Listen. And if you do get a sense that you're supposed to do something, do it. Don't wait. Do it that day, if possible. And in five minutes a day or less, you might find that your discipleship, that your ability to hear God, to do what he says goes through the roof. And you know what else does? Your faith. And you know what else does? Your life. Because faith without action, listening without doing, I'm telling you, it's like a screen door on a submarine. Amen.